Welcome to Screen Watchers, episode 13, your game's cast for all multi-platform news, discussion, and otherwise worthless banter. I am Joey DeClara. I am joined, as always, by my friend Ryan. This is still true. Yeah, it's just me and you tonight. Just us. I'm pretty really over- back to our beginnings. It's true. We've done this a couple of times now. Yeah. And now this is our third time. This will be the time where everything will, will just go down. Hellfire will rain from the skies. Right. We'll say three strikes are out. Three strikes. Is what they say, <laughs> and that's definitely true for us. Certainly, we are here today to talk about video games and baseball and sexual crimes. No, against nature, cosplay. We'll, we'll skip that. We're talking about no. We're here to talk about video games. Uh, we have some news to go through. We'll keep it pretty brief on the news front. Not a lot of stuff happened this week. Some stuff from rockstar and uh some rumors about next gen consoles which are all the rage right now ever since like xbox talking about possible iterations and things like that and the ps4k leak and nx ever approaching like we're looking at like some sort of what they hope to be a revolution of of iterative gaming consoles I wouldn't call it a revolution. I think it's what I've been saying. It's what they hope to be. Mid-cycle upgrades. Not even that crazy. I think we're going to see it pretty soon. You don't think that would be like, if that were to work and if it were to take and if consumers bought into it, that wouldn't be a revolution in home console gaming? I guess in the terms of just home console gaming, but as I've said before on this podcast, I mean, this idea of just a mid-cycle upgrade happens in other markets all the time. Mm. Smartphones. Get an upgrade every single year. PCs every single month. There's a new component you could jam into your PC. I think that gamers will get used to it. Yeah, but that's the whole point of consoles. Is like it's different from PCs. Like there are PCs. Let PCs do that and let consoles be the thing that aren't complicated and we can just buy. We won't get into this right now. We've, 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 this, we've, we've done over times. and over. We say the same fucking thing over and over. But... um. What we do want to, of course, talk about first is the games we've played this week. As always. Ryan, we'll start with you. You, We didn't really play games together this week, unfortunately. Uh, we did a brief introduction with each other of each game that we've been playing. You've been playing some mobile games this week. Played a few mobile games. The big one, I'm going to start with Clash Royale. Showed this to Joey right before we started. He was very unhappy with it. <laughs> I feel like I was a, unimpressed. Unimpressed, <laughs> mad, upset. I would say on the verge of tears. I don't like these games. I don't. I hate these types of games. I'm not going to lie. I can understand how you feel that way. Mm. So this game, Clash of Clans, sorry, Crash Royale. Yeah. Is Essentially the same thing. By the same developer as Clash of Clans. And uses a lot of the flavor from that game. It borrows the universe. Clash of Clans being that mobile free-to-play game that I had described it as like an RTS, but you said it's not true. But it is essentially you're commanding your own troops and uh, developing resources from a like top-down perspective, building your own base sort of thing. And it is multiplayer. Took the nation for quite some time. I don't know if it's still popular now, but now this is the new thing that we right. see all over the place. So Clash of Clans, and I played a similar, like a clone of it. Mm-hmm. I know, Joe, you played the Clash of Clans, the actual game. I mean, I had not tried it out and hated it. A game type I like. Mm. 
don't really care about the universe. Obviously, that's not my thing. I'm really interested in the gameplay. Mm. But the type of game of Clash that game of Clash of Clans is is something that's very distasteful to me. Not Based- the fact that it's a freemium game, though, like a free to play egregious game. It's because of the actual the gameplay, gameplay mechanics. I mean, in that game is very linked to it being a free to play game. Right. You have to wait for buildings to be built, uh-huh. and then you can use those buildings to. Uh, what they call attack your enemies but ultimately that's just by sending the uh, efforts of your time over to their base so really there's no in my opinion no gameplay in those games it's a, it's a resource management game that takes place over a certain amount of time and really it's just kind of a, a venue for you to spend money mm. kind of like a just a scam machine oh yeah this game clash royale is a phenomenal set of systems that happens to really abuse some of those uh free-to-play mechanics that they like time buffers like and, the time and the constant yeah. so i don't Cla- know if there's constant like pop-ups right. so of so clash whole- royale is a top-down essentially tower defense moba but it also takes collectible card game elements so the units that you're placing in your tower defense the towers that you're dropping are either towers or units that move on the field. And every time you play, you're put into a two-minute match with another live person. That is the addicting crack of this game. That's why how I got into it, where I jump in and I'm playing against the person, and it is so much unlike Clash of Clans. It's real-time. You are facing that person. Yeah, like a real-time game of chess, where instead of being turn-based... You can move all your chess pieces at the same time. There's just uh-huh. these cooldowns that uh, your units are operating on, so you can place new units. You're, 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 yeah, you're you're getting uh, like all around a couple of different genres. You've mentioned chess, you've mentioned mobas, you've mentioned tower defense games. Now, just from looking at it for, for first impression of like ten minutes of playing that tutorial or whatever, I'd say tower defense is the closest game type that you mentioned. Uh, uh, in what ways is it a MOBA? In what ways is it chess? Well, to me, it feels like chess, except a upgraded digital version where you can move any, you can both simultaneously move. Your pieces just have cooldowns. Mm-hmm. So you can move as many pieces as you want uh, when they cool down. Mm-hmm. And that would be actually a really cool game that we should develop immediately. Yeah, okay. But that's cool what, down essentially chess. what this is File Fantasy Chess. Right. Seven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this game, the units all have stats, and the element that we haven't really talked about yet is that actually um, the units that you bring into the game, you open in pa- basically chess, but they're really packs of cards, like a la a, C- a CCG, a collectible trading card. Right, so your characters that you have, you have like a giant or archers or things that you can place down. They're all cards that you can gain and upgrade essentially right and when you use one basically a new one is pulled from your deck and shown into an inventory of four that you can use throughout the game and i mean i just think the combat is is extremely fun joey played one match against the person and was viciously defeated but it was his first match and he was still learning the mechanics so Mm -hmm. i could see you getting better at it i mean obviously to I overall wasn't really impressed also. Like, I I, honestly, I was begrudgingly playing this game, you know, not really interested, knowing that I wouldn't like it in the first place. I didn't give it much of a chance. I am not a fan of freemium games, mostly. I do play Hearthstone, and I'm pretty sure that's the only free-to-play game 
that I actually indulge in, and I haven't spent much money on it. I do spend money on the well, I you've do spent, spend money spent on much all money on all stuff. of the expansions. Like I see it as a yeah. new game and stuff like that. I haven't spent money on really like packs. Right, I agree with you on the on but, the free to play elements that yeah. very distasteful to me. Yeah, I mean, I would even even I would the simple much things, rather this game be ten dollars and all the stuff was unlocked. I think everyone would always appre- appreciate that. Like that they would rather just a you know some people buy. really like the the daily grind of like in this game every four hours when you open the game you get a free pack of cards Mm -hmm. and and that's just part of the experience i mean grinding up getting more powerful throughout time not my favorite thing i think people are content with it and they can be complacent and they're like oh you know they give it to me every i play it on the bus and then the four hours pass by because i go to work or whatever or they're okay with spending money on it because they have uh, disposable income but I don't think anyone, especially anyone who plays games regularly, whether it be freemium or uh, hardcore games, I don't think anyone would say, in, like, would have a purchase to play game and download it one time purchase. And they'd be like, you know, I really wish that this just, you know, would pop up with little gold notifications and would, like, tell me I have to wait to play my next turn. I don't think anyone would ever trade. Yeah, I, but, I don't think they but would. But on ever the flip be, side rather. of that coin, I did like that it was free and I can jump in and, and get to experience the gameplay, which I found was very addicting. Mm-hmm. I'd love there to be a one-time purchase that you could sort of subvert the entire free-to-play mechanics and mm-hmm. jump into the real game. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of, of the demo version is a full free-to-play, but then the actual game could be even a $60 title where uh, you know everything's unlocked and you can really experience the competitive multiplayer element of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean that's that's free to play games. Most people who listen to video game podcasts not have a, a distaste for that. Not interesting. Not a not a new idea. Yeah, to most games. people. Still do play Still hard. The, next I, game. I, the thing about and Justin Davis said something funny uh, from IGN. He said like the thing about mobile games is most hardcore gamers will say that they don't like mobile games, especially free to play games. They'll say, "Oh, those are disgusting. They're annoying." And like, how would you play that? They're garbage. Except for this game that I kind of like that I play on my phone. You know, they'll have one or two or even three games that they do play on their phone, and that's like the exception. But every one of us has ones. Like mine is Hearthstone. I absolutely love Hearthstone on the iPhone, and I love also a lot of other uh, mobile games, but they're mostly purchased to play. And they're one-time purchases. Like, I played through Limbo on my phone once, and that was awesome, in my opinion. Right. But, like, you know, everyone has an exception, I think, in my opinion. Like, there's they're not so bad that, you know, you can dismiss them completely. Yeah, I mean, the question is, how good is the gameplay? And, I mean, I dismissed this. I told you I dismissed this game completely uh, before downloading. I, I looked at it, moved on. And then it came, it kept coming up. It was a big release this month. That's so the fucking like, thing, though. Like they just kept pushing it to you. Yeah. And they they you say it's addicting. I swear it's more addicting than it is fun because that's how they design these games. Disagree. The gameplay in this really stands above a lot of mobile games I've played. Mm. I I'm just a person. I enjoy mobile games. I enjoy and sampling you enjoy them. Multiplayer games as well. So what? Right. So what I will do is download. Um, 20 to 50 mobile games a month and uninstall them immediately like Uh they're no good like the free ones you know i'll try everything i'll buy several games that are highly rated Uh, i try to like because mobile games are much cheaper so i try to get a more 
wider variety of games in every month. And I'll look at top 10 lists and like big games that came out for the month. And I'll, I'll download everything, but uh, I was not expecting to like this game. And I'll tell you, the gameplay in this game really rises above almost any mobile game that I've played this year so far. Mm-hmm. Having downloaded all those games just because it's an addicting back and forth What's that word again? chess match. Stop saying it's a chess match. Uh, I'm sorry. It's, it's not. It's, it's nearly very... the masterful level of chess. Like, you cannot compare it to chess. I'm sorry. It is a tower when defense. Say, it is a multiplayer tower defense. When I say defense. chess match, really what I mean is... I know what you just mean. Just a but way it, it, to it, interface it, with someone else's mind directly. Uh, that's like, any multiplayer game, though, if you really think about it. You know, what, what right, does that any mean? Any well-designed multiplayer game. There are shitty ones. Okay. So, saying, you know, the analogy of chess is just... Uh, slightly annoying because chess is such a masterful game you know i think i would say this game time. this game is masterful i disagree i really i mean i that. have not played nearly enough of the game i mean i played about any kind of authoritative opinion on it but i mean can't imagine that this is masterful unless of course it's i mean i assume it's just iterative on a lot of other games like it's very derivative it seems of tower defense games with a multiplayer aspect but i i don't know chess you say chess and i get stuck on that you know that's my only problem i guess it feels it feels very similar to playing chess to me well it except okay. it, except it's in real time Let, let's move sure. on to the next game so this is another game i had you play right before we we recorded thumb drift for the listeners thumb drift is a racing game but more really only you're racing yourself more of a drifting game where your only input into the uh, phone is you can move left or right and your car is always moving forward and what you're trying to do is drift around corners how'd you feel about this game joey this i liked a lot better but i mean it is another mobile phone game you know it's first thing i thought of was flappy bird because yeah. i couldn't control it it's very much twitch physics based more than like strategy or anything it's i mean it's a driving game and you're just trying to drift first thing i did was i saw a turn coming so i swiped it was a left turn so i swiped left car veers to the right i'm like well this game's fucking broken but essentially you're you're pushing the back end of your car to drift a certain direction so i understood it it was very hard and like it's a it was very much like flappy bird first time i tried to play flappy bird i could not get past the first pipe and i was like fuck this game it's right. mobile garbage. Did you ever uh, get back into Flappy Bird? Though? I love Flappy Bird. You have I, th- love Flappy. I think Flappy Bird is so good. I, right. I'm, you know, we're get, we're losing credibility as with every second that we talk about Why? mobile games because, again, like you said, most hardcore gamers who are listening to podcasts and want to hear the deep cuts of video games don't want to hear about mobile. Don't want to hear about how good Flappy Bird is. But Flappy Bird is perfect because it. Everything that it advertises is what it is. It is just tap this, your bird will go up. The physics are perfect, and it's just a randomly generated system of challenges ahead of you, and that's it. And and you always are f- playing your own score, and it's perfect, and you can just pick, pick it up. It's the perfect mobile game. So I yeah. love Flappy Bird. Right. This game is similarly something Very I would... Very similar to Flappy Bird. Yeah. I, I made that connection as well, and it's just a really fun kind of like two-minute pickup and try to beat your score. Yeah. Interesting story. Actually, first loaded this game up. When I was on the subway, I was trapped underground for a period of time and could not connect to the game servers at all. And it shut off any of the free to play elements inside the game. So I only got the racing. But when we played it, 
there was this whole coin layer on top where there were coins everywhere. Did not know that there was free to play stuff. I thought it was a more pure experience than that, unfortunately. Well, it's a free game and you get these coins and I think they're only for, um, actually just for the visuals of your car. You could upgrade, but you do collect the coins as you go. And it told me specifically the coin layers cut out, like there's no coins and I was just playing it, and I was like, this "It became game the best game ever." It's just very refreshing. Like, there's no other elements; it's just the racing. Yeah. But now there, then, there are these like annoying coins. Yeah, yeah. There. All right. So, in general, one. don't like mobile games like Flappy Bird and Hearthstone. I'm into. <laughs> love mobile games. It. Love those two. I think those two are great examples of great mobile games. And I agree. Fucking free to play games are annoying. Some of them can be good, like Hearthstone. Sure. Uh, let's Hearthstone go. is hardly egregious, like not giving you never do I see pop ups for like, oh, buy some gold or buy some packs. You know, they literally never tell you to do so. Right. Well, they're just rolling in money and they're geniuses. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to real games. What, what were you? Gonna oh, come show? on. These are well, real well, games. Okay. Yeah, That's understand. outrageous. Next game I played this week, Hyper Light Drifter. Oh, I know, you started playing Hyper-Light. I know you played Hyperlight Drift. I only played a little bit of it, actually. Did not really get too deep with Hyperlight. I played, played a, like the about 35 section. minutes of it. Yeah, I played the introduction segment, yeah. One of the most fun combat systems I've ever seen in a game. Yeah, almost like it's been done before. You think it's been done before? It's fucking Zelda. It's essentially Zelda with some cool power-ups to it. I'm, I'm I think say. that it, it, is, it is a lot like Zelda. It's very Zelda-inspired. It's got some really cool, it's got the shooting mechanics. Monument Valley thrown in, in terms of the art style. I entirely disagree with that. Monument Valley is very Asian-driven, very based on those optical illusions. Right, doesn't have any of that, but I thought the colors, that's what just really... Color palette, okay, yeah, that like teal blue and like... I really felt like it was inspired by that, but also the world... Very inspired by that mobile game. I'm forgetting the name now. That came out a few years ago. That was like this big, one of the first indie exploration games. Okay, I don't know. You know about you know, well uh, that you Super were giving Brothers me nothing. Sword and Sorcery. Oh, Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery. Sure. Yeah. By Capo Games. Yeah. Very similar art style to this game. Um, I'll Capybara. say Capybara. Sorry. This game, I enjoy a lot more than sword and sorcery mm-hmm. sword and sorcery i made it about uh probably about 45 minutes in after trying it about a hundred different times to get into it um really the hook there wasn't the gameplay was not the hook in that game mm-hmm. the exploration the uh aesthetic was a big pull because not every single indie developer under the sun was doing pixelated art right and that was one of the first decent games to do it and to bring back a genre somewhat like a point-and-click adventure game, which was essentially how the mechanics worked. It wasn't essentially a point-and-click adventure game. But yeah, this game very much looks like it because it's a pixelated game, Hyperlight Drifter. Yeah, so this game But takes... it's been it's been in development for a while, actually. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. So this game takes the a lot of the aesthetics and ideas from Super Brothers, but makes it into a game that I actually enjoy playing. Okay. Whereas Super Brothers, I could not really get. It. I played with. A I, I think you're misleading. Honestly, like it looks like pixelated, and it's you know a sort of medieval esque uh, fiction. But aside from that, it's not very similar to Sword Sword. Understand Sword Brothers, different yeah. genre. What? But uh, di- actual different genre. Hold on. 
dude, you freaked me out. I uh, you doing. point out my window and there's lights. I didn't know they were like <laughs> red and blue lights. I just saw flesh and you're like, oh, alien outside your window. Yeah. Well, Normally you don't point out the window. It's just like, show me like, oh, something's out your window. <laughs> so it's like, oh, fucking murderer out my window. <laughs> Perfect. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Yeah. So completely different genre. Understand just, I'm talking about the tone of the game. Very similar. Okay, sure. But this one is one that I is pa- much more palatable to me because playing the game was so exciting. And let's go back to you saying, let's go back to the gameplay. Sure. Saying it was like Zelda. Zelda inspired. Right. I think the dash, mm-hmm. like that quick dash that this game has, really takes it to a new level. From so where, explain from where some Zelda context was. quick. So in this game, you can you can press X or your main button. Uh, on your controller and just basically teleport very quickly across the map not across the map you can teleport like a few feet in front of you yeah. or, or whatever direct direction you're going it's a top down zelda like perspective so and you are teleporting across you also have a gun right, right that you can just quickly aim and it sticks you to the ground aim and shoot and there are cool mechanics where like you kill enemies and if you kill enemies with your sword you gain ammo for your gun so the gun is a little more effective. You can shoot and stuff, and then but then the sword, you have to get right up next to them. That very basic foundation of walking around 2D plane, top-down perspective, sorting enemies is very Zelda to me. And also you're in this forest, and uh, it's pixelated, I guess, so that's part of it. Those things to me are all Zelda. And also like you're cutting grass, like tall grass that are like obstructing your way. Like those things are... It, Heavily it definitely Zelda. borrows a lot of elements from Zelda. Mm-hmm. I agree. Thematically and in terms of gameplay. Mm-hmm. And also this game involves basically dungeon crawling like a Zelda. You go into different like distinct dungeons. Yeah. So yeah, a lot like Zelda, <laughs> uh, really. But I think... Some really cool mechanics added Some to it. really cool decades went by yeah <laughs> where we really thought about what it means to have fun playing a type of game like this yeah and the combat is just much more fun mm-hmm. i played i actually played very limited 2d zelda almost all of my zelda experience was 3d i have obviously played the old nes versions like in a limited capacity but i never ran through them okay probably. i see okay i see so and i've watched obviously a lot of people play them mm-hmm. but it just seems like the experience of playing those that was not as fun mm. than even a few minutes of playing this game, which I thought was very exciting. I thought the combat was very cool. The enemy design was awesome. A lot of really unique enemies just from the start. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely liked it so far. Just for, again, we've, we're only just started this game. We don't have a lot to go on yet. Like I played through the introduction sequence uh, where they're teaching you the mechanics, things like that. And then how about that opening cutscene? Yeah, like so let's talk about that opening. Crazy. Yeah, first first thing to notice about the game, as far as fiction and lore goes, there's and the narrative. There is so far no dialogue to be had. Like there have been some NPCs you run into after the introduction, and they say nothing to you, but they convey story to you through little images that pop up as speech bubbles. And I have no real firm grasp on any of the stories you know there's nothing there to ascertain really like you uh, the whole introduction sequence we'll get back to that there's this like three minute cutscene that is again no dialogue and just all sorts of weird things happening like these monolith type 
blood pillars are just erupting from the world and your character is sick or something. Really weird things happening. Very, very profound. Yeah, your character is dying from the very beginning of the It game. seems like he's dying, yeah. He's, he's like bleeding co- out. Coughing blood and stuff, yeah. Not good. Yeah, yeah. yeah a really grim game so far, but like it definitely caught my interest. Like uh, obviously not going for a very, you know, consumer friendly approach here they're trying to say something but i have no fucking idea what it is yet this is a perfect example of what i always say there's no story in games that's not but there's clearly a story in this game it's just not told to you through either dialogue it's just such a loose like semi story that's sort of patched in to propel the dialogue there is no dialogue sorry to propel the gameplay I sure I don't know if that's true though like you could say that and it does do that it propels the gameplay but I don't know if it's shoehorned in I think the way that opening segment was I won't defend this game saying like they're going for something really deep they probably are going for something deep I don't know if they'll deliver I haven't played enough of the game but my point is with how nebulous and weird and and creepy that introduction was they clearly have some kind of narrative in mind and they just aren't conveying it to us immediately right away they're not making it immediately apparent to us right they they want us to work for it they want us to get there and maybe they deliver on it maybe they don't but this is clearly not in my opinion a sh- this doesn't imp- leave an impression of a shoehorned in narrative to when i say shoehorn though i mean you didn't say shoehorn that's my word for that i right. put gave when you. i try to express that what i sort of mean more is that uh they're not going for big character moments in this game the gameplay and the world are what they're more interested in when they add, they're adding the story because having no story would be extremely disorienting right but they need you to have some sort of context for what you're doing but that's not their goal to make you really appreciate the character that you're playing or be very shocked at uh revelations that happen about your character we i don't know if we have enough uh i don't think we've played enough of the game to really make an informed opinion on that yet i think we have to play more of that game i won't be going back to that game for a little while because i've been playing a game called ratchet and clank came out recently yeah we played a little bit of this yeah i showed you a little bit of it so finally insomniac uh released their playstation 4 exclusive game ratchet and clank which is a reboot of the original ratchet and clank for the playstation 2 and then many many sequels came after that there's going into the ps3 and this is supposed to tie in with a movie that's coming out this game is fantastic. It's another 3D platformer, just like the old games. I hadn't played really any Ratchet and Clank. I played one of them uh, with a friend on the PS3, just going to his house every now and then. Never really had too big of an opinion on it. And I've heard that they're generic 3D platformers, but in the world that we are in right now in video games, there are no 3D platformers. And this game, it just brings back all those cool kicks you get from those and while being a competent 3d platformer with cool upgrades and stuff like that and also the most beautiful game on the ps4 right now yeah definitely one of the more beautiful games i've ever played so ratchet and clank Mm -hmm. i think my main experience might have been at your house playing the ps2 as a kid Oh, okay. PS2 version. No, definitely not. Never nope. had never had Ratchet and Clank. I pl- had the Jack and Daxter games. 
That could have been it. Maybe you think, yeah, maybe you're mistaking those. That actually certainly wasn't. <laughs> but I know I've seen a lot of videos of Ratchet and Clank, this idea of the screws coming out of enemies. Yeah. yeah. And flying around and then flowing to you right those screws being like your currency like you those collect are those. so crazy in this game i mean the the graphical fidelity that we've achieved is just kind of step back and it's like very cool yeah yeah very cartoon like very lively uh bombastic art design like the the fidelity of those like again you said those bolts and those screws and all those currency things just bursting out of enemies and dancing around the screen and then whizzing towards your characters and there being so many while there's so much detail these awesome draw distances of like these futuristic cities in the background and these very again i'll use a studio's name very pixar-esque design like it is just beautiful it literally looks like you're playing a pixar movie and just i've never seen that in a video game you know i've never been fooled really except for you know at in its time some some like good photorealistic games but this is like absolutely the prettiest game i've played so when you first said uh, there aren't 3d platformers anymore there are there are no real there really aren't that many 3d platformers that's true and when before i sat down to play this I mean, I was excited about this idea that there are so many cool weapons. That's what I always hear about Ratchet yes. and Clank. Really crazy, cool weapons. Yep. But I did not think I was going to be happy or interested in the 3D platformer parts of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pleasantly surprised playing it because a lot of the games that, that we play, especially this last one that we just talked about, Hyper Light Drifter, mm-hmm. you're getting all these cool ideas for how to interact with the game totally in 2D. And I feel like this allows you to experience those updated 2016 ideas in 3D. So some of the enemies that you fight in this game have really intense sort of movement patterns and like ways that you need to interact fully in 3D, which Mm. I thought was really fun. Yeah, yeah. One of the problems with 3D platforms or just 3D games in general, games like this, which were at the precipice of like 3D game design, were the issue of like not understanding how 3d worked, you know, by the time we got to really honing that, uh, skill of design with like games like the Jack series and the Sly series, the, the genre was already dying out. So we never really hit like this perfect, you know, sweet spot of like, yeah, this is what makes 3d platformers sing except for Nintendo, which is, um, which they are masters of the, obviously they're the creators and the masters of the 3d platformer right but, but nintendo won't give you crazy guns crazy guns shoot. and cool stuff yeah exactly this one particular one what, what was it called the, the one, pixelator the pixelator which is essentially a shotgun but it turns your enemies into pixelated like sprites essentially yeah really cool visuals like really <laughs> crazy <laughs> kind of awesome it's cool that like i'm gonna challenge you on this wait you you go first okay well i was just gonna say like it's cool that like you have this really graphically awesome video game and then what's even cooler is that you're shooting these enemies and they're you're crapping up the yeah. the 3d yeah. design like, and it looks awesome the art direction in this game is just on on next level yeah what would you say the difference is if i if i were to tell you joey <laughs> Sir, this is not a 3D platformer. In fact, it's a third-person shooter. Yeah. What would you say to me? Uh, yeah, you know, they're, they're, it's both, essentially. Uh, third-person shooter. Again, you... When we get to, like, genre labels, I, I'm of the opinion that, like, yeah, you can get really deep and figure out what is a 
what's the difference between a puzzle game and a first person shooter or whatever in the end no i, I in the end i know what i mean and i know what the associate you know it when you see I, you know when you see it i know the association i make when i think of a third person shooter and when i think of a 3d platformer i would say this is an 3d action platformer that's what i would call it a third person 3d action platformer uh, 3D action platformer. What a 3D call, platformer. There's no what would 3D you call platformer. A first person 3D platformer. Mirror's Edge. That's the okay. only one there. Uh, That's true, certainly yeah, true. Yeah, but most very excited of, for that game. Yeah, well, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, right? Yeah. I I would just say, yeah, the, when I say 3D platformer, I'm thinking of Jack series. I'm thinking of Ratchet and Clank. I'm thinking of Banjo and Super Mario 64 and Galaxy, things like that. That's what I think of when you say the 3D platformer. When you say third-person shooter, I think of Uncharted and Gears of War and games now like uh, Quantum Break or older games like uh, uh, Alan Wake. Yeah. This game, I would say, yeah, is essentially the two. I would say it's more 3D. It's more like the 3D platformers you remember from the early 2000s because of the enemy designs and because of the wackiness and the cartoonishness. It, it very much brings up those same feelings you get from those and the nostalgia is pulling on those heartstrings more than like my uncharted you know third person shooter stuff also the third person shooting mechanics in this are very not watered down but very uh, user friendly i guess they're very they're very simple but they do have to happen while you're in the air that's something that no uncharted doesn't really have to deal yeah there's no well platformer exists in uncharted only in like puzzles and like 3d like you know jumping around these uh these temple things well these temples and like these shrines you know you're trying to solve a puzzle or trying to traverse this area it's never part of the actual combat so yeah i would say this is a third person action shooter i mean third person action platformer third person no, th- fuck off. The 3D action platformer. Third person 3D action platformer. 3D action platformer. 3D platformer is always third person. If it's not, it's some other kind of game or it's Mirror's Edge as far as I'm concerned. All right. Ratchet and Clank is a fantastic game. It's only $40. Oh, cool. This is very much a $60 worth How game. How long is I can't it? imagine. I've heard people had run times of like 12 hours. Okay. Which is similar to any 3d platformer that isn't like mario 64 where you're getting all your 120 stars or whatever yeah i mean you know that i'm um not looking to pay more than three dollars and 18 cents for any game you also don't have a ps4 so i'm not concerned but i kind of feel gypped when a 60 dollar title is less than 20 hours of gameplay. yeah i'm not gonna lie ryan i've i've learned to disagree more and more with that sentiment like I, if you give me an amazing experience, agree with that. Agree that, with that. Ex- that lasts six to eight hours. I, I'll be appreciative and I'll be glad I spent the sixty dollars. Agree with that, but uh, especially let's go back to Quantum Break. That's a twelve-hour. Oh, game. sure. Did play Quantum Break. Twelve-hour game. Break. Yeah. Uh, eight to twelve-hour game. Sure. Sixty bucks. Uh, ultimately, like a pretty mediocre game. I don't know if I would say mediocre. I've not played through it. I am not impressed with the narrative so far. Like, the story is just, I, uh, you know, very much... This game is one of those games where they let the budget get in the way of, you know, a good experience. They equated an ex- a good experience with high fidelity in, gra- in graphics and in, 
you know, a big budget show that has a lot of action sequences and big set pieces or whatever. And those are very impressive. And some of the graphic design of Quantum Break, I have to sit back and realize this is really crazy. No one's doing this with 3D environments. No one else is doing it. Like you're talking about manipulating all, all the bugs, all those, the all those, like yeah, all those fake bugs that happen when like you're messing with time and time freezes and everything freezes around you, or things you have to manipulate time to move things like a building that's falling over and you have to pass it, so you have to manipulate time and you reverse the falling over things like that. Those are all really incredible set pieces, and they're very impressive. I would say I'm not nearly as impressed as I am with Ratchet. Because Ratchet and Clank is just constantly this gorgeous breath of fresh air, like Pixar movie. I keep saying that. I'm sorry. But like, whereas Quantum Break, I don't realize in the moment how beautiful it is. I have to like remind myself to look around and be like, this is like next level shit. So I think that they put their money in the wrong place. They should have been really working on getting good writing on, getting good actors in this if they were going to make anything happen. I think the happen. actors were good. I think really the script has to be. Sure, the script issue. was... Yeah, that's true. The I, script for the whole game. I would say a couple the, of the actors are really horrendous. Like, who is essentially the protagonist? This cop guy, or I, I don't even know. This guy, he's Liam. A, he's an actor, though. He, a big actor. Maybe he is. He's terrible in this. Okay. And maybe the script is the purpose, but he's really bad in this. Uh, the hacker guy is okay in this. He's, I guess, funny. The, the, the problem with the show is like it's so. I'm getting deep with the show, and like no one's gonna understand. Don't even worry about the show. The show is so inconsequential to the game you're playing. It's hard for me to care. Like I've watched three of the episodes now going into the game, and if I weren't, you know, reviewing this game, I would not have any interest in continuing to watch this show. So. I would just keep playing the game. I would skip every episode. And they even give you a prompt, like, if you want to skip the episode, press this button. It's like, well, then why the fuck would I watch this? Why yeah. would I waste my time? So it's basically just a cutscene in a game. That's how I feel about every cutscene. Wrong, because cutscenes have the actual main characters. Like, the character you play as, Jack, is not in the show. He's only every now and then thrown in to show that you're in the same that game. That is a very particular complaint that you have that you've you've mentioned. It's ridiculous. How am I going to connect with my character if I'm uh, and then watch this stupid show that has other characters? There's too much. I hate shows that give you way too much for you to invest in. Like something like Orange is the New Black, for example. Like they want you to be invested in every single character. It's like I can't. I have no time for that. Well, the give me Breaking is, Bad. I, I compare every show to Breaking Bad, which is unfair. But I was invested in this one character, and peripherally would become invested in all of his characters. See, I'm personally less interested in how invested I am in a character, and more interested in how interesting any one character is that's on screen. So. When I, when we watched, I only watched first episode, and it just seemed like the acting fairly poor. Yeah, the script even poorer, idiotic. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's just like this is a B level uh, NBC or CBS show yep. that I would watch episode one of and be like and drop off, not or probably never watch it because it never got good reviews. I, I don't yeah. have a lot of time in my life anymore. Yeah, I watch true. the best stuff that comes out. Yeah. And so, also, like, it comes with that whole sentiment of, like, oh, video games, it's it's a bad story because video games have bad story. That's not the case anymore. They can't make that. I know you 
are of the opinion that like the stories in video games suck but there are great stories in video games now and there's actually great voice acting or just actual acting in well games. listen it's i was to, very excited for this game i i was yeah. talking about this game months ago yeah i was following some coverage for this game and i wanted the story to be great i wanted a breaking bad level of i mean i i knew from the start happening. that wasn't what we were gonna get it's an action show like it's an action game but i did want something worth watching and this just isn't in my opinion you don't actually think this is missing is really any mystery if it had a central mystery that was interesting there probably is i have not completed the game i bet there's some kind of plot twist but i there's no mystery that i'm interested in like anytime there's a mystery they tell me there's no time and i there's no time to explain jack and then i'm stop caring i'm like well this, this is fucking stupid right there's no time yeah there's no fucking time it's just quantum break there is no time yeah that'll Un- be the twist Un- there's Un- no Un- time Day time is all up. an illusion oh, wow. it doesn't really exist that'll yeah, be the twist no the, time the whole time yeah yeah <laughs> yeah incredible pretty mad that they screwed it up i was excited for this and i think it's gonna I be a while let, before we get, get that this is format. Th- so that is the whole sentiment on the uh, on the actual story and on the show it's all ridiculous the gameplay mechanics are cool and i keep coming back to them i do like okay. the gameplay and the shooting well like mostly again my same issue as i had last week the shooting's bad and requires <laughs> the time based mechanics like the the time manipulation and stuff like that it requires that to for it to be good those do get better over time but ryan the thing i want to talk about later is the issue with enemy design so we right. we could well we could get back into that do you want to talk about it now let's do that as the, the topic of the week sure. i also want to talk about the launch of this game yeah. on pc Right, which has been heard has been big unmitigated disaster, mm-hmm. and really a huge, like fuck you from Microsoft mm-hmm. to the PC community. Yeah, I've heard there were problems on the uh, Xbox too. I've experienced no issues, but I've heard most of them are are PC related. People are getting forty frames in this game Oof. on fifteen hundred dollar graphics cards. Oh, okay, I yeah. see. So, like, so the game is it's running poorly. There's not no the- way to get sixty frames on the PC version of this game regardless of how much you spend on hardware it's just not a it's just another botched port to pc yeah and see, this was supposed to be their flagship port this was the idea we're launching on pc we're launching on console you get a free copy for pc if you buy it for xbox One. yeah yeah of course i you know i can't that sounds like butthurt pc owners to me because i'm a console player and i don't care too much about like 40 frames per second is better than my 30 frames per second that i'm pretty complacent with you know I, I i play it and i don't see an experience that's like ruined by that so for me that just sounds like you know elitist pc owners who are like this is not the absolute best thing ever well these i understand however fifteen hundred dollars just for the graphics they did not pay fifteen hundred dollars for quantum break to look amazing they paid fifteen hundred dollars for all games to look great and quantum break is a beautiful game 3d spaces being manipulated in really really absurd ways it sounds like that it's running better than it is on xbox one from what i'm hearing oh certainly but the the pcs are so much further ahead than the xbox and just the, the idea that it's not it's not done well for pc i mean it sounds like it's not a big fuck you from microsoft as much as it is a big fuck microsoft from pc owners same 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 and, thing <laughs> and i think that what people are saying is they wanted Microsoft to take... I mean, it's obviously this developer, right? It's not Microsoft. But you would think that 
they would put resources behind optimizing this game for PC if they're going to have this dual push. Mm. I mean, if they're going to say, and this is the issue that I haven't really described. I'm only talking about the highest end systems. The game is running much worse on, you know, a thousand dollar computer. That's the thing. It's uh, it, people are saying like unplayable, just horrible. So, okay. So it's really poorly performing on standard. Well, not standard, but on like a, you know, mid-level PC of today. And then the issue, that's, that's where the issue lies. If it's, if it's not running, if it's running poorly on PCs and they obviously marketed it out the wazoo because it's the Windows Store and it's this new Windows 10 ba- cross, cross buy, cross play title, then I understand the ire coming from yeah, PC that was owners. Just, this is the example I'm giving. You can't, like, if, no matter how much hardware you throw at it, you're not getting it to run perfectly. It's just not run well. perfectly. Is if if you're not getting it to run well, if it's like if it's unplayable on a thousand dollar PC, then I absolutely understand. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would actually expect a 2016 game to be almost unplayable on a one thousand dollar okay. PC. Well, that's but ridiculous. That's just the way I think about PCs. All right, we're gonna talk about some news. It's a light news week. Something, a lot of things happening. However, nothing too big. To discuss a lot of rumors again on uh, iterative har- iterative hardware. Yeah, we're and gonna whatnot. make the entire news segment the in, in other, other news, news segment. segment. Sure, just run gonna, down it pretty quick. Yeah, we'll run down some stuff. We're gonna be talking about the former Rockstar head suing Rockstar, and then Rockstar suing him in turn. Lizard Squad, which you didn't know about, Ryan. Lizard sure Squad not. attacking Battle.net. Blizzard. Titanfall Two got teased. Uh, some leaks on Xbox hardware and NX rumors, but first, some music. South Park, Dishonored, uh, and then I have like you gotta play Ryan. Every time I go back, I go back to Dishonored regularly because it's my favorite game of all time. If I think, and the more you talk about games, and the more we discuss like games that are out now, I keep thinking like Ryan is going to love this fucking game. Like it may not be the highest graphical fidelity, but you don't care too much yeah. about that. It's also a cool oil pastel, like kind of painting kind of art style. Right. You are going to love this game if you just don't get fucking lost and you don't just like get into <laughs> your like problems. Like you hoard all the fucking bow and arrow things. I'm, I want nothing to go wrong with this because if you understand how the game works and it's not that hard, it's just you have to understand how to read. And how to follow like regular game to things, then you will love this game. It's like literally everything you want in the game, and it gives you the freedom to just interact with enemies and stuff like in the coolest ways you could imagine. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. So, all right, such so a good game. another a few other games on my wish list right now. Skyhook. Do you know about this game? Don't know. Oh, you had shown me. It's a VR game. 
Uh, no, it's the it's not the web slinger game you showed me. Might be that one. That might be it. But also, there's no, a, maybe not. No, you had um, shown me Skyhook. I don't remember it. Duck game. You know, duck, duck game. game. So, okay, so like duck so game right excited. now. Twelve ninety nine on Steam. Yeah, I couldn't buy it for twelve ninety nine. I'm gonna see that for two ninety nine, three ninety nine. That's gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna show you these prices. It's gonna be phenomenal. Duck game. I couldn't buy because it's on PC and I don't right. have enough ports or controllers. Like, yeah. and no one's gonna play it with me. Right. I want it on Xbox. Why I've, isn't it on consoles? I've been setting up my PC to be like a multiplayer PC. PC. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hell Divers 1999. Right. That's gonna. Brian. That's gonna rock it down. We like, gotta be playing Hell Divers like yeah. all the time. Right. I um, miss Hell Divers so much. It was such a good game. Dark Souls Three. Mount your friends. Do you know about this? Yeah, yeah, I saw Mount. Your friends. Night Squad is fourteen ninety nine. That game you got for free, fourteen ninety nine. I'm not fourteen ninety nine. Now but that I you would, know it was free, I would love, It wasn't free. It's for, it's Xbox Gold. Right, but it's yeah. free game. Free. It's not free. I would love to throw two ninety nine at Night Squad. Yeah, have that game. Do you know about Dive Kick? I'm really excited about this game. Don't know about Dive Kick. This is a four ninety nine game, but I can get it for cheaper if I wait a little bit. Dive Kick is a game. Uh, that's like it's like a Mortal Kombat, a Street Fighter type game, mm. but you can only jump and kick. Okay, and you can only kick down. Like you can only do a dive kick. <laughs> so, so it's just like a fun. There was uh, this fighting game. Looking at the story, uh, the guy beating Super Mario, Super Mario Bros. Uh, record, like yeah. speed run record. There was a. Yeah, link let's go into for that. another story. So that's our top story. Top Fucking story. Super, I mean, that's really story. big. That happened today. But uh, there was, uh, before we get into that, Super Mario 64 guy who's like big on that, they, they release these challenges, like the speedrun community and just the enthusiasts of that game. They do these challenges of like, you know, beat this level without pressing jump ever. And this guy beat one of these levels, like the, the star for eight coins. Just the most incredible platforming manipulation of like the kicks and like the dives yeah. without ever pressing jump. He did some seriously. I keep using this, but next level fucking shit. Yeah, that's on awesome. This game. You should send me that, and you should include it in the we'll, show notes. We'll look at this, guys. Look in the show notes for this really awesome clip of a guy beating yeah. a level, getting a eight coin roundup star in Mario sixty four. Without pressing jump once, really incredible. Found really it on cool. Kotaku. If you could find it on Kotaku, that's, that's here's the thing. Listener, no, not recent, not recent. Story. Listener, no, we're having problems with our show notes. So when we say it'll be in the show notes, it for, might not what, be. What we're gonna start notes. doing this well, week is including at least one link in the show. No, no, no. Notes. So really, what we'll be doing in the show notes, unfortunately, having an issue with Squarespace. Uh, wherein we cannot get our show notes to format properly on the actual podcast app. If you want to see the show notes, you can go to Facebook where we will post every episode and all the show notes will be included in the Facebook website and uh, on the Facebook post. Or you can go to screenwatches.net and see the show notes for every episode here on out posted with every episode. Anyway, our first story. A new world record speed run for Super Mario Bros. was recently set by a player named Darbian. The same player also held the previous record for finishing the NES Classic in the fastest time possible. This is on a specific way to play through it. It took Darbian years to shave just a half a second off his previous record. Now that he has topped himself, he is officially done with trying to set another record, considering how his current world record speed run is nearly perfect. It's entirely 
possible that we may never see anyone top the record either. So he shaved like a few milliseconds off, right. or a few nanoseconds People off. People of were it. saying that it was perfect, save for 10 frames in the game. Crazy. There were only 10 better frames you could have gotten. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's pretty insane. So essentially, he was Twitch streaming and he was doing his regular run. How Beat many tries record. do you think this guy did? Because I know the number. That's the thing. Like, I mean, he, he could, recorded them. How, how many do you think? Oh, I don't know. How oh, many just tries a, do you think it would take to do this? What do you mean specifically? In like a day? attempts. Well, let's first, before Lifetime. we get into that, like it's a specific type of speed run. It's a any percent speed run. So like I'm not a big speed run enthusiast. I don't know these things, but essentially I forget what that means. Are you doing a Google? Yeah, I'm just going to do the yeah, any, so, uh, percent. any percent. A run with no additional completion requirements, anything goes. The default category for speed running a game. Okay. So you don't have to get all the coins. You just have to finish the game. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you could, okay, uh, so anything goes also. So no, but also there's no tools allowed. You're not allowed to use any like extract. Right. Like ex- this is just the, the extended full way. Tools there are all these other ways. 100% a run with the Yeah, this is one of the most pure ways right. of speed running a game. And right. he this is just how you beat Mario in five minutes. You jump over all the guys. You don't have to do anything. Coins don't matter. Just get to the end of the game. Yep. How many attempts do you think, just ballpark, Two. it would take to do this? Three. Three? Because I know you've played Mario three maybe, times. Seven, maybe. Seven? Seven. I'd say seven. All right, we could just go play seven times and beat the record. <laughs> how many do you think? When you say how many attempts, like lifetime at- attempts, like he's how many times he's played. actually making this speedrun attempt, the any percent speedrun. Yeah. How many times? Seven. 13,000. 13,000 sure recorded times. all of them, but I mean, that builds up like this is what he does, right? This yeah. is he's a Twitch streamer. He's doing this all the time, doing like charities and things like that all the time. So he's on every day and just he what just gets on. It's like, all right, we'll play Mario again. Or plays other this. games. I mean, he tries to do other different types of speed runs. But what makes him decide like, you know what? I could I could just fucking hop over that one Goomba. I could fucking beat this time. I could get he 10 frames better is a pro. I mean, he's a pro. But what makes you go back to think like, you know what? I could beat this. I could do better. Well, the people donated to you on Twitch are big, Got big it. drive, I think, for him. Probably. this cosplay of this korean girl who did a cosplay for um for tracer the overwatch character no fantastic we don't have to, I have to say <laughs> let's not just i will just say i you know we're done talking about tracer very contentious conversation to be had about this uh awesome yeah. tracer cosplay in situa- situation i love cosplay starting to really like like of of all types like i saw a skyrim cosplay yeah. of, like the daedric armor it's just like how did you it looks like you're wearing dragon skin. Like, right. it's insane. Well, Joey, that was a real dragon that you met. So. Don't know if Hope you remember so. that. Timefall 2's first trailer teases worldwide reveal this June. I really am getting sick of these announcements yeah. of announcements. Right. This, like, did you see the teaser? I did. So, For Titanfall, listeners, it's just a guy and he drops a sword. It's a, well, it's a, it's a Titanfall Titan. Titan. Yeah. It's a mech that like drops a little sword, not a little sword, big sword. Big sword. Yeah. And 
Other than that, it's just announcing that it'll be fully revealed in June. People lost their minds that they're like Titanfall, but with swords. I'm in. I'm ready. I mean, it, that's a cool idea. I, I First thing I think of is Armored Core, because you had like a cool right. energy sword thing. And I loved Titanfall. I wish yeah. there was a campaign, single player campaign. That's the biggest complaint that it had, um, especially since they... Kind of really, you wish there was a single player campaign. Absolutely, Brian. Wish- you don't like single player. You like multiplayer more above all else. I, I was, I was definitely someone who wanted something to again. Like this comes back to like caring for characters or caring for like the world. I wanted something to introduce me to this world of mechs so that I knew why we were fighting and how to fight and things like that. And it's a cool way to introduce you to mechanics and things like that, much like Halo or other games like that, like multiplayer-based games that have this cool single-player campaign. Yeah, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. I enjoyed Titanfall. My complaints with it were more around uh, the non-player characters that you interacted with, like the the little waves of enemies that came at you sure. were so inconsequential as to be like, completely irrelevant and really only when you were fighting other mechs and people Mm -hmm. did you really actually play the game so that's not a very strong complaint sounds like you really like the game then the yeah i mean i I mean that's just a minor grievance on top of very annoying also the story was non-existent yeah there could have been a strong i think there could have been a stronger story inside the context of there not being a single player and all the story being given you through multiplayer. Right, that's exactly what they did. Right. But so, I'm saying the story that they had yeah was irrelevant. Yeah. The, uh, well, I mean, in a multiplayer game, you can't make story really that relevant unless it's very You could minimal. have great cutscenes. Yeah, but then that's expositional and it really has no bearing because multiplayer it depends on the players what the outcome is. You know, right. if you fail and well, if you, you lose, stories if like you in, lose in multiplayer, in single player, you have to start again from a spawn point or right. something, or you have to start the game again if it's like an old school game. And then you have to keep playing until you see the narrative play out, whether it's choose your own adventure type stuff or if it's a very linear one path to be had game. Right. You know, this, this game had a story quote unquote layered on top in expositional cutscenes not even cutscenes just expositional little snippets in between loading screens for like matchmaking and then while you're playing the game there were these voiceover like radio signals of of npc not even npcs just characters interacting with each other over the radio while a battle was happening that had nothing to do with what was happening on the ground because it's all multiplayer right so that's useless and there's no reason to put that in and it just makes it actually made people angry that it was in because it's just distracting and silly i would would have much rather them just cut that completely and just let us play multiplayer charge us 40 dollars because that wasn't a 60 dollar experience in my opinion yeah no i agree with that i mean i played it for 80 hours so Mm -hmm. 60 dollars 80 hours then yeah then yeah and then it evens out yeah i did not play that much i liked it I liked what I played, but I felt it was uneven and it wasn't really robust yet. I spent really a lot of time thinking yet. about what it would mean to have a single player campaign in the context of those mechanics. Mm-hmm. And I think I kind of came to the conclusion, I think it had it would have to be an open world game. Because you, to make the game linear wouldn't make sense because you had so much freedom in every movement that you could do. Like you could 
run up the side of a building and then fly to another building and mm. slam your mech down in the middle of the town. Okay. Like it would have had, if you wanted to have a single player component, the game would have to be at least the levels would have to be very large uh-huh. for you to really like fulfill the experience of playing. I think just having a small, like a corridor based single player game yeah. would just feel very constricted to me. I, I see what you're saying. My first reaction was absolutely a hundred percent. It's going to be a linear campaign, much like Halo is. Halo is a linear campaign which is based on sandbox spaces. They drop enemies in and they drop your own NPCs and yourself into this sandbox area that is essentially a corridor, but they're, they're all sandboxy areas that you can interact with the, the AI and they will do something different every single time. And you can really mess around with that sandbox and you have a lot of freedom there, but you are going through segmented air uh segmented area right. to other segmented area and that i think is something that will work you do bring up a good point just minor detail the fact that you have these like wall climbing mechanics and stuff when you're in when you're on foot that allows so much freedom of you know exploring areas that it would be hard to design a linear uh map you know well linear map design does not work well with that i assume but i do th- see it going for a halo-esque campaign more than what you're saying multi- uh open world open world's popular right now so that's totally possible but that sounds really like a really really big project and that wouldn't be something they would do with something like titanfall which is multiplayer maybe, based i mean i knew maybe like destiny based you thought it might be uh, kind of like halo or i knew going into the game that it was an arena shooter Basically. I mean, Halo's an arena shooter. Right, but that there would be no like narrative driven single player. I mean, knew I knew that the entire experience. Well, they, it's, of the well game, we all knew it was a multiplayer experience. They only, not last minute, but only later in development, layered on this lore that with just voiceover stuff while you're playing essentially what is multiplayer like they had a campaign right. slot that was just they added this you right. know narrative that and was my told to you while you play multiplayer been that most stories in games not all but most really are the same thing like they kind of just there's a thin layer of it on top but ultimately it doesn't have to be that way it's like your your contention sounds your contention it sounds like you're saying games don't allow for good game, good story. Like I know what you've said. The actual words you've said have been like games in general. The ones that we have right now don't have good story because they're just divisive to cater to gameplay. Whereas it sounds like your your argument would be like, and that's how it's going to be because gameplay Not true, because is what Firewatch matters. has gr- a great story. Yeah, and it's intrinsically linked to the gameplay. Yeah, that's true. And I just think that... I think AAA, I, large, find, robust games can have good story. And I they just do. get annoyed when people are like, the story was so good. and I play You get game, annoyed? That's ridiculous. And, and I play the game and it's like, no, it was like an idiotic story written for children and it wasn't a very good, good or fulfilling story. Give me an example. Uh, people will say like the story in no, Zelda no, no. is good. Yeah, okay. Give me another one, because honestly, story. some of the story in Zelda is kind of cool. It's not the story as much as the lore, right? It's not how the story is told to you. It's what, like the world what is behind is it. Cool. 
And exactly. When a lot of people so that's what think, people think, mean. Sometimes. I think people do confuse story with world building. Right. Exactly. That's what they mean. Yeah. They mean the world is cool and that's like, cool. I, I, and that's I, the thing. Like video games. You're right. Video games. World building is more important because you have so much agency to explore the world. World building is often more important right. than story. There are games out there that have very, very well told narratives that are conveyed to you and right. portrayed this to you is in the thing, and this ways. is what I, what the point that i've been trying to make for months now um i when people say the story was so good watch all these cutscenes, but all the cutscenes do are really help you develop the world and they mm. don't ha- there's really no narrative strong narrative i'm going to almost always skip those cutscenes unless they're extremely visually compelling or there's some other thing hooking me in. I think you might also be kind of dismissive sometimes. Like you see that you can develop a, you can, you can skip a cutscene, and you're just gonna be like, all right, well, it's clearly not important and I'll just, and you'll just skip it. Yeah. I think that we found the crux, Joey. The crux (laughs) here is that when people, they mean world building, uh, but they say story. Yep. And that's very annoying. Yeah. And so I stand by my position that there are very few, Video games with a great story. I'm going to look up. Yeah. Sure. Like Dishonored. Dishonored has a terrible, terrible story. Okay. Has some of the best world building in any video game ever. Like so cool. The story is so incredibly predictable and ridiculous. Silent Protagonist 2, which is always just horrific for stories. It literally breaks it unless it's like embracing it comedically like the yeah. silent protagonist is just the biggest broken element of a video game there that's ever existed but world building it doesn't hurt it and world building and dishonored is amazing like right. you explore stuff like that so i understand that i still would say there are some great stories in and video i games. pointed some out portal i think has a great story right Flood let's get past portal We've said okay. Portal every time. So what, what else besides Portal? And I'm going to play Dishonored soon. So yeah. then I'll... Bioshock's another one. I don't know if I mentioned Bioshock. Bioshock has an amazing story. Amazing world building and amazing story. Yeah, Bioshock. I played a lot of. Didn't yeah. finish it. Got lost in the corridors. Another one of these games <laughs> where the navigation annoyed me. And I There's a map. You just read I the map. Use maps. Then you are a games. horrible video game player. <laughs> Quantum Break is Microsoft's, quote, biggest selling new IP this generation. Microsoft Studios has announced that Remedy's Quantum Break has the best opening weekend sales for a new Microsoft IP in the Xbox One's lifespan. I hate how Microsoft creates these categories in which a game is the best. Like Halo 5 is the best fifth Halo game of every Quantum Break is the, of all time, largest selling time-based game with the white male protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just break down this one here. Quantum Break has the best opening weekend sales for a new Microsoft IP in the Xbox One's lifespan. Other games that follow in that category. Fable, maybe? Fable, Xbox One specifically. They said the hmm. Xbox One's lifespan. So if one so is certainly not Halo. So Halo Five would be one. Not an original. They're talking specifically new IP. So, new so IP. yeah, new IP. Not even that. Essentially, Rise, Rise. The, the Sons of Rome, whatever that is, Oof. and 
Sunset Overdrive. Okay. Which is the Insomniac game that came out before this Ratchet and Clank reboot. It right. Was like, those are the big titles, but those are the other... only big titles. I'm sure there are other games. There's probably games that I'm not thinking of. There are other new IP. The idea nothing, is that they weren't, they weren't really transcendent. Yeah. Nothing that comes close to what, to the resonance that Quantum Break had due to the marketing and Remedy's resonance as a developer. Right. So that was a given no matter what. And also weekend sales, you know, if millions of people pre-ordered it, it's going to do well. But I just hate the the way that they conjure these categories. It's ridiculous. Yeah, really annoying. Um, but makes they never give good. just numbers. You know, Nintendo's right, like, here's right. how many consoles we sold. Here's how many of these games we sold. You know, they say it and they just put it out there. Yeah. They don't want to tip their hat on that, I don't think. Also, there were some NX rumors. NX could be more powerful than PS4 and Xbox One. You would hope that it would be. They've been out for two years now. They were underpowered when they came out. Yeah. Nintendo is never known to be the most powerful. Well, not true. Ian corrected us already on this. That only in recent consoles were Nintendo consoles not the strongest uh, hardware of its competitors. Right? Like the GameCube was the more powerful console. I did not know that. I would have assumed the Xbox was more powerful. You so, would, you would argue that years ago. I, I actually told you that years ago. I remember walking on our school playground, yeah, right. I, trying to tell you that the GameCube was more, more powerful right, than the, the PlayStation. The thing is, I hold nothing you say in any value whatsoever, especially when we're children. No. But why, my point, my point is, as I'm always correct. I'm sorry. What, what I actually, my thought right now is Nintendo, the Nintendo we know today, post Wii Nintendo is not has not been interested as far as we know in pushing hardware. Right. They're just pushing always making money on their units. Yeah. Right? They don't want to lose on their units. So the NX would be a shift in that. I actually don't think it would be a shift in the strategy in that this is a mid in the midst of a console generation lifespan. I don't think it would be a shift in the strategy in that the cost of making this new NX will be significantly lower than I think that you're thinking. Okay, so let's just get because the this specs it's out been then. two years. Right. Let's get the specs. I don't know the cost of specs right now. Like let's let's look at this. The rumor comes from a supposed developer with access to the hardware and says that of the 12 gigabytes of RAM available, three gigabytes are reserved for the OS, while nine gigabytes are available for games. So by comparison, the PS4 and Xbox One have eight gigabytes of RAM, of which roughly six gigabytes are reserved for games. Yeah. RAM, not the biggest indicator. We're going to be looking more at the uh, graphics processor that this developer hasn't leaked. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that in 2010, I built a computer with 16 gigabytes of RAM. So not 10 gigabytes of RAM, not really very impressive. Also very cheap now, mm-hmm. not something that's going to be very expensive. What's going to be interesting. I think the most interesting thing to me is that will this console would, which be a, would be a massive break for Nintendo from their usual strategy. Are they going to make this console just another PC like the Xbox and PlayStation right. are? Basically, how hard is it going to be to develop for this console? Is it going to be mostly off-the-shelf components in terms of like the graphics card? Mm-hmm. Are they going to go to the big supplier and just basically order order a custom card that's very easy to develop for? Or are they going to do their own 
totally custom Nintendo thing that's going to be like, and also was the input, obviously. The leak also claimed that EA will bring the next Battlefield game to the NX. Additionally, the leak claims that these games will launch with the NX. A Super Mario NX title, Zelda from the Wii U version, Luigi's Mansion, which sounds crazy, FIFA 17, Deus Ex, Dragon Quest, and then the Mass Effect trilogy, so like a port of the three Mass Effect games that came out last generation on PS3 and Xbox 360. So that says a lot of, you know, EA titles coming out, and that's happened before. There were some uh, there was a Mass Effect game. I forget which Mass Effect game came out on Wii U. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of them throwing up all three Mass Effects on one disc. Yeah. Pretty cool because... Still has not happened, for right. one. Yeah. But we pre- all thought that was going to happen, and the EA said, essentially, no, we have no interest in doing like a remastered version for current consoles or for PC. Right. Yeah, I mean, number one, I think cool just because a lot of the Nintendo gamers who bought a Wii U... Never got to play those titles, and True. you can imagine them upgrading, and and it would be a very deep and hardcore fantasy experience or sci-fi experience for them to jump into. But also, just the idea that Nintendo, their main one of their main problems is that they haven't had great third third party support. The no third party support, right? Yeah. So if they if they launch with EA, which is like the ultimate third party, yeah, like hand in hand with EA, and we're gonna say we're gonna get this giant library and we're gonna ea support going forward Mm -hmm. that would be big news absolutely i uh i wonder you just said some i wonder how many like wii u what the percentage of wii u owners only had wii u like never never jumped on to xbox one or ps4 i do Uh, wonder that too it's hard it's hard to know yeah there's some other news fable engines may not be dead apparently uh Uh, what the beta went down recently I don't know if that's true. They they got so far with it. Why not just release it for ten dollars or five dollars? It seemed like it was almost done. It was in beta. Uh, apparently it's not done enough. So yeah. they, then it wasn't worth it. And Fallout Four and Rocket League won big at BAFTA, the BAFTA Awards. Yeah, Rocket League continuously surprising. Me. Continually winning best sports game. That's what it won. <laughs> yeah, best sports game of 20, 2015. Yeah, which Still it is. Play it every it day. Love, love Rocket League. Love Rocket League. Topic of the week. I wanted to run by you. I'm playing Ratchet and Clank. Was playing the Division, and w- was still playing uh, Quantum, Quantum Break. Break. Yeah. So talk about the Division and Quantum Break. One of the problems I have, I have several problems with both. Uh, won't get into too deep with them. Just one is enemy design. These are two third-person shooters uh, that are very generic in 
that sense, Quantum Break being a little more innovative with these cool new power-ups and things like that, but it's still nothing breaking video game molds. Especially when it comes to game design, because what they go for is this continually ramping up damage buffers on these enemies. Like, you'll get into Dishonored. When you start off, you just have these normal thugs who just have hoodies and no armor or anything like that. And they have handguns and maybe a couple of Uzis or something like that. They're very simple, cover-based mechanics. And then eventually, as you level up, similar enemies show up that have just better guns and then more health or more armor. And Quantum Break suffers from the same issues of enemy design because it's just ramping up the difficulty through damage buffs and better guns, things like that. Nothing that's really changing the way you play the game. Whereas excellent games, I think, require excellent enemy design. Right. Well, so my question we, is... Before we go into the excellent games, that's going to be a whole other topic of discussion. Okay. So I, <laughs> so I've this heard topic. Yeah. Uh, the Division has some of just the worst enemy design in years. You mean enemy design aesthetic, like, or you mean the actual mechanics of their enemy design? Both, like what you described, mm-hmm. but also just the idea that you are facing uh, basically just guys in hoodies mm-hmm. who just get progressively more bullet spongy. That's essentially it. Which is just That's the most absurd thing. Not for too long. Eventually, if after the first half of your level, like your level cap is 30, so... Until you get to like level 15, that's essentially what you're seeing. Eventually, you start seeing thugs that are not in hoodies. Instead, they're like these clans of guys with flamethrowers and things like that. But they are all essentially supposed to be civilians who have gone rogue and like gone rioting and are choosing to just kill or be killed. And you are apparently the police force, the last line of defense, and you're just given open reign to just kill everyone that you suspect to be a wrongdoer so they all are just dudes in hoodies essentially or just eventually you get to these yeah like guys who actually look like they're combatants that actually are competent yeah but also the actual design in the mechanics is pretty terrible because it's essentially just them progressively getting more damage spongy and eventually get actual good guns and like interesting guns at the very end of the game so that is a problem in a lot of games. Quantum Break is suffering from the same problem. Uh, these guys just eventually get armor and like take endless bullets, and then it becomes less fun and more challenging to defeat these guys. And it's not about creativity and it becomes them. less fun. Yeah, I it, think that's the takeaway. That's the problem. Like it becomes more arduous and more tedious having to work your gameplay around getting enough bullets into these guys and survive and outlasting them. It doesn't become changing your tactics and evolving with the game. You just have to withstand more and more, you know, how is that different from final fantasy? Final fantasy very often will introduce new mechanics in their, well, I'm thinking turn-based RPGs from back in the day, final fantasy six, final fantasy four, seven, they will introduce new mechanics, like new elements and different types of enemies. Eventually, you get to Final Fantasy X, which starts to do the same thing. In the first half of the game, you're getting new mechanics and new different types of enemies. 
that like are different elements or you need a certain trait on your weapons or your characters or a different type of spell and then as the game progresses into the latter half it's just more uh difficult enemies of the same type that you've seen before right so that's where it becomes a problem what about a game like fallout okay all right so i don't know for fallout uh how do you feel fallout's different because it's an open world right do you feel like they repeated enemies a lot in fallout and do you think the problem in fallout was similar where you saw similar enemies but they just got more tough fallout 4 we're talking about the most recent fallout Fallout 4 specifically just had endless raiders. Just that's all I saw. So just lots of weak guys. Yeah, lots of and weak guys or super mutants. And then sometimes you'd see wildlife that like were specifically difficult because they had uh, armor or something like that. Like a rad scorpion was interesting because it had armor and you had to uh, approach it a certain way. Whereas. Most of it, yes, it's pretty ridiculous like that. So I'd say Fallout, though, what's good about it is you experience a lot of these difficult enemies from the start. So then you survive the wasteland, build up your gear, build up your stats, and then those same characters you see again are all of a sudden not as challenging and you feel superior over them. Much like a Metroidvania, like you you see something that you can't combat with and then eventually you've gained more experience and you've gained more actual in-game experience and you come back to those same characters and all of a sudden you feel superior. So that's what's good about Fallout. Also, the actual world and stuff like that is what's attractive about Fallout, right. not as much the gameplay. Like so if you gave me just an, a no-skin corridor of just Fallout gameplay, I tell you it's the worst game ever. Right. You know, it ha- it's that world building that makes it cool. Interesting. So... When Oblivion came out years ago, we were in high school. One of the most interesting elements to me at the time, I wasn't even ready to engage with an RPG, but I had, I was reading about it a little bit, mm-hmm. eventually played it years later. Mm-hmm. This, just this idea that the enemies, when you walk into a new town, they'll always level with you. So whatever level you are, mm-hmm. the enemies will be at the same level and every fight will be interesting mm-hmm. because you'll never run into the level 99 when you're level three. Mm-hmm. Or the level three when you're level 99. Right. Enemy scale with you. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's a solution to the problem that you're describing? I think it's a solution to the problem. I don't think it's the right solution always. I most, the first thing I think of when you say that, like scaling enemies, is God of War. Not necessarily the same situation. You were going through different levels, very linear, and you were upgrading your abilities and like new tricks and new combos in God of War. But the enemies you were seeing as you progressed through different levels, like you went to hell and then you went to the sea or whatever, these different areas, you saw similar character designs just more buffed up. Like you saw a minotaur down in hell and then when you got up to like uh, Mount Olympus or whatever, you saw a flaming minotaur. So it was essentially the same thing, just buffed up. So that's scaling though by levels. Like as you got to a different level, they were essentially leveling up with you. I don't like that because you don't get to enjoy your progression. You don't get to enjoy the fact like I, I fucking got here. I am now like a god and I can destroy these plebeians that once tormented me when I was, you know, uh, a noob at this game. I like being able to come back, having 
enemies that are out there that are a challenge but i like being able to come back and like see like yeah you guys are fucking useless now i can destroy you i like that feeling especially from games like fallout and you get that in the division can you go to a weaker area in the division yes so the areas are all uh based on levels the map is actually mapped out for you there are different blocks and different sectors that are level five to nine and then level 15 to 18 things like that this actually mapped out for you and written out for you but again they are all the same thug and like that skin of that fictional world is just so broken I was defending it for a long time when I first started playing it. You guys were like, this is ridiculous. It looks silly. And now having played multiple hours of this game, I can say it's just absolutely silly that you're playing the same shoot, fighting the same thug over and over. There's a level five thug here and there's a level 15 thug elsewhere. It's really silly. Yeah. So I just, I tend to just see this idea that enemy enemies in general in RPGs can be bullet sponges as a downside for the whole genre. I mean, I am just ultimately more interested in a game um, that tries to be slightly more realistic in terms of uh, the gameplay. Well, I when you say realistic, I don't know. That if I aims agree. for slightly more realism where, you know, one bullet to the head, the guy drops. Like so, we, so we're we talking discussed- about specifically these third person shooters that we were complaining about. You'd rather, yeah, you just have this fiction of, okay, it's you the one bullet to the head will kill them so change the character in a way that that still applies but they're more challenging because of what they do or how they interact with you right definitely i think you can throw more enemies at the problem is is sure uncharted did that the first uncharted i'll right. tell you it wasn't as enjoyable so i think it works both from sort of a a, a structural perspective in terms of the skin that you apply mm-hmm to understand the world and from a gameplay perspective where for me, I think what you're describing shooting a guy, having to shoot one guy 50 times to whittle down his health. Isn't really that, that fun. I mean, that loop is not fun. That's why I've always shied away from RPGs. Just this idea where you have to just pound into this bullet sponge. Well, that's, I don't want you to throw the baby out with the bathwater. RPGs are not bad because they follow that same design. Like there's a lot of RPGs that are great. Like I told you, Final Fantasy games are great because they do have scaling up difficulty in enemies. Like as you progress through the game, the 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 game, the enemies up in levels, much like you know Pokemon or Final Fantasy or what have you, but the mechanics also evolve with you like right. new elements are introduced. but for me even in the moment where you first encounter a dragon in skyrim it's supposed to be this really cool moment giant dragon yeah i was just very annoyed that i have to pound this thing a hundred times to kill mm-hmm. him i want to be able to like i'm excited for the day when there's a like a hyper realistic dragon in a game and i get that one perfect arrow shot that waves in the wind hits the dragon in the head and the thing falls down to the ground i would agree. that's what i'm waiting for i would agree with that specifically with skyrim i think it kind of works the rpg crux because you, a dragon has scales like this really yeah. getting into the deep thing like right. a one arrow well, shot to the head was not gonna kill a dragon right, a fantasy layer makes a lot more sense for it's this true. type of rpg it's than- true i will say with specifically that dragon scenario in skyrim 
everyone will relate to this where you fight your first dragon and i liked it it was a very epic moment and then you go back to white run and he's like excellent job you know you are now the thane of this world here's my axe you are a god amongst us all and then you go out into the world and a bear just demolishes you like the first dragon you fight is not even close to how difficult a bear is in that game and the scaling is just off in that game so those kind of problems do arise and like us a weirdly scaled open world game like that. I do agree. Realism's way cooler, in my opinion. That's why I like a game, a little game called Dishonored. It's just straight up combat. You have health, like you have a health bar, but your enemies, it's all about getting like one, two, three shots on them, and then you'll get a killing blow, and it'll go into a little cutscene. That's That's, cool. Like that is the best first person sword play I've ever experienced in a game. It's kind of watered down because it goes into a cutscene when you kill someone but not like an extensive one but it's very very much more realistic instead of you messing with stats and things like that it's based on blocking and parrying and and jumping out of the way and then killing them eventually but i would so say i gotta play dishonored yeah, what i gotta play Dishonored. you have to play dishonored it's my favorite game like best game out there right now but another good game just with game design specifically i wanted to suggest to our listeners we were talking about ratchet and clank before what I love about it is it gets enemy design right. It may not be the pinnacle of enemy design, uh, but it what it does is instead of them just becoming increasingly more uh, buffed up in HP or what have you, they all do different things. Like you have these enemies that ha- are these humanoid aliens that shoot these fire guns like that sh- that release a wave of flames along the ground that comes towards you and you have to jump over them it's a 3d platformer so you tend to do that and then you have all these little plebeian type enemies that are just one hit kills but you have this problem where you're normally swap swiping your ratchet you're i mean swap you're normally swinging your wrench which is like your melee weapon it's like a sword yeah maybe. sort of like a sword at these guys and you just keep mashing square just trying to kill these guys because they're all over the place these little tiny creatures but then you have add the problem of these flame waves coming at you that you have to jump so you have this mixture of these enemies working together to make you have to interact with them in different ways if you were just fighting them one-on-one like just fighting the flame guys or just fighting the little plebeian things another game that does that really well is destiny with the taken king like these enemies interact with each other in ways that make you think differently about how you fight with them a puzzle game no no that's nothing like a puzzle (laughs) game i couldn't even see what very much like a puzzle game (sighs) ridiculous i'm gonna bring up some other games i think have pretty cool enemy design just like geometry wars how do you feel? A lot of really cool enemy. Absolutely. Love Geometry Wars. Yeah. Um, all Shadow- about. The Geometry Wars is literally all about game des- enemy design. Right. Shadow of the Colossus. Cool very, enemy design. Very different scale. We went from Geometry Wars. Right. I tried to bring up <laughs> different ends of the spectrum. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, those are great, great examples, I think. My thing, what I was saying about specifically Ratchet and Clank is like what's great about that enemy design is that you have one enemy. Like you have a square and then you have a triangle. There's no triangles in Geometry Wars. And like if you have a million squares on the screen, you know how to interact with it. You just get them all to follow you and you shoot behind you. Right. 
or if you, well, you have those to deal are the with diamonds, the, the blue diamonds, right? and the diamonds at the same yeah, time. Yeah, the blue, then the green diamonds, which are just really intensified blue diamonds, like you can't do the same thing. Or say pinwheels, like you can't just run around the entire screen trying to get blue diamonds to follow you while there are pinwheels littered all over the screen because those just are stationary and you have to get rid of them. It's that kind of enemy design that's interesting because you can experiment with that and try different variations of combinations of enemies. Whereas Shadow of the Colossus is a boss game. You just have one boss that you're fighting all the time and they'll try different uh, elements from different bosses, but it's normally just one on one. Right. Well, you know, what if we just did a Shadow of the Colossus where the first boss takes one hit, second boss takes 30 hits, you gotta hit it 30 times. No, terrible. The fifth boss takes 250 hits, you have to just stand there and sounds, sounds slash like, it over and over sounds again. Sounds like a terrible game. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> By the creators of The Division. Yeah, perfect. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been Screen Watchers. Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Joe DeClaro. Of course, you can follow me at Joey Dagabonuts. I'm joined by Ryan. He doesn't share any of his information with you because he, he loves none of you. True. However, I love all of you. I appreciate your listenership and your and your feedback, which you give me none of. But you can give us feedback by leaving us a review on iTunes. But please only leave us five stars. Right? Why do we want five stars? Yeah, we're looking for five stars at a time. I mean, you could leave one star. Very rude. Horrendous. We're looking for Just five. leave no leave yeah. We're good Don't for leave five. none. Yeah. No leave I'd rather leave none because that you can't you have to leave at least one in order to leave a review. Right. So if you leave none, but don't there's leave no review. four either. Four? I'd be okay with four. I would not be happy with four. That gets us I'd towards rather it, Ryan. Leave one. Actually no. Ryan, look if only five. Let's <laughs> tell them only five easy five stars every time. But Ryan, what if the four star people are deterred and they say, okay, well, we're not going to leave a review. We're, we're only looking for perfect reviews. Ryan, we're getting, we're not looking we're getting for the on the roof, here. Ryan. We need to get on the roof. Yeah. Well, we're looking for 120 in reality. <laughs> 120, as everyone knows, that's how you beat Narrow 64. It's also how you beat our podcast. You get out, we get you to 120 stars. It's how we beat our podcast. It's true. We get to 120 stars and the cannon's going to open. It's going to shoot us onto the roof. We have no idea what's on this roof. We don't know. Very likely a triple jump. Because you dinosaur. can't even do a double jump, Joey. But if you got a triple jump... I could do a double jump. It's just not very impressive. I just do one and then another. And oh, yeah. I guess you can Triple do jump tri- includes flips right. and and ex- expressions of joy. Yeah. And you've never even met a dinosaur. No dinosaurs. Not You literally have not met one not dinosaur. Not even cute dinosaur. Life. Just no dinosaurs Guys, whatsoever. five stars for Joey to meet a dinosaur. <laughs>